This is a presentation of BSRN, Box Studios Radio Network. The Power Play Post Show is on the air, covering minor league hockey since 2003, and now covering the Binghamton Black Bears, with news, reactions, and in-depth interviews only heard here. And now, from the Box Studios in Kirkwood, New York, here is your host of the Power Play Post Show, Bob Howard. And hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Power Play Post Show. This is the show for January 21st, 2023. This is the weekend wrap-up right here on the Power Play Post Show. Season 13, episode 16, episode number 401 in the long-running podcast. That is the Power Play Post Show. I want to welcome you guys to a Sunday edition of the Power Play Post Show. Uh, I, I... Really excited to kind of debut this uh, kind of little change in the format of the Power Play Post Show. Essentially, you're still going to hear some of the same stuff. We're just going to split it up uh, between uh, two podcasts. And the Sunday podcast, we'll be really be talking about the games we all just watched, right? So it's going to be fresh on our memories. And uh, I think this will be a great way for me to kind of split up the content a little bit and then really concentrate the Thursday show on on the, you know, the really great interview and, and looking forward to the upcoming weekend instead of trying to fitting everything all in one show, split it up kind of nicely and go from there. So some of the same things you're going to hear throughout the show and that's okay. Uh, so let's get into it. The Power Play Post Show is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Just search Power Play Post Show on whichever platform you listen to your podcast and subscribe. Please join the Power Play Post Show Facebook group. Just go over to Facebook and search for Power Play Post Show. Uh, check out BinghamtonHockey.net for all your Binghamton Hockey information and curiosity. This is the weekend roundup show or wrap-up show. We'll call it the wrap-up show. Weekend wrap-up show. And we have audio from head coach Brant Sherwood. Now, this audio comes to us just after the 6-2 victory against the Danbury Hattricks, which kind of was an eventful game and impacting both teams going into the future. And we'll talk about that, obviously, in just a little bit. But let's start us off with the breakdown of the Binghamton Black Bears two games versus the Danbury Hattricks, both at Divisions Veterans Memorial Arena. Game one on Friday night was a loss, uh, 4-3. to three. It took until the 12.45 uh, mark of the first period, but Gavin Yates drove the puck in through the neutral zone, deked past the uh, Hattricks defenseman, and crossed in front of Liam Murray to get the game's first goal tonight. Um, again, just some of the things that Gavin Yates does on his skates is just so impressive. Uh, assist on that goal were Jake Schultz and Austin Thompson. Uh, Nikita Ivashkin then scored with 2.58 left to go in the first period on the power play, scoring his eighth power play goal of the season. Um, the assist on that were Connor Smith and Jesse Anderson. Uh, the second period saw no scoring in the period with the Black Bears out shooting the Hattricks 12-17 to and 21-29 to overall through 40 minutes of play. At, at this point, I thought the Black Bears were pretty much in charge and those first 40 minutes looked good. The game was a little lackluster, maybe a little bit less physicality, 
But the Black Bears were in control. I truly believe that. The third period belonged to the Hattricks, though, and they made the Black Bears pay for sloppy play, scoring four goals in the third off the sticks of Johnny Ruiz on the power play, just 248 into the period. Then Connor Woolley scored the Hattricks' second goal at the 958 mark. In before Chase Harwell scored the Hattricks' third and game time goal at the 1736 mark. Now, Nikita Ivashkin did score the Binghamton Black Bears' third goal in the third period at the 609 mark, and uh, the assist on that was Connor Smith. But finally, to get the game winning goal, Corey Cunningham gave the Hattricks their first regulation win over the Black Bears with, with just 45 seconds left to go in the game. The Black Bears fall 4 to 3. I hate any goals at the end of any period in the last two minutes. In the last two minutes, you have to think about defense, defense, defense. And when you're in the last minute of the the game, all you have to be thinking about the tie unless you have a great opportunity to score. So that was a little bit disappointing. The third period was probably the most disappointing uh, period I think we saw all season long because they had the lead going into it, and they gave up another multi-goal lead. Now, these multi-goal lead collapses have only happened against Danbury. We haven't seen this against Elmira. We haven't seen this against Watertown. We haven't seen this against Motor City. So I'm not concerned. I mean, Danbury is a good team. If you have watched any of these games against Danbury, they're never out of it. Even when they're three goals down and we beat them, they're never out of it. Okay, so uh, Binghamton ended on the shots on goal, 39-32. to 32. Each team had one power play goal each. The Black Bears were tagged with five minors for 10 minutes, and Danbury was tagged with three minors for six minutes. This was Connor McAnanima's first regulation loss of the season, and after this game, he was... Eight, one, and four. The attendance in the game was thirty nine oh two. What led to this loss? And I just really truly believe a failure to press in the third period, letting up off the gas. Something that has been a little bit of a common theme against the Hattricks when the games. You know, they they say the the worst lead in hockey is three goals. The Black Bears have kind of proven that. Now. In all sports, I truly believe this, football, pre-vet, and defense, when you're up and you're trying to not make too many mistakes, so you, you, it's not that you let off, off the gas a little bit, because I say that term, and I, I probably shouldn't, um, but it's, it's more of you, you're setting back and letting them play their game and hoping to make a good defensive play. That type of thing. Um, I, I, I think the Black Bears have done that a little too much against the Dan Bear Hattricks, and they need to stop doing that. Now, game two, Saturday night, a win, um, 6-2 um, over the Dan Bear Hattricks, uh, with both Dan Stone for interference and Dakota Bond for roughing in the box at 855 of the first Putting the Hattricks on the power play, the Hattricks got on the score sheet first with a power play goal from Bowden uh, Zinchenko. Now, I was very critical. I was I was critical of Dakota Bond in this instance. Dan Stone took the interference call. I think there might have been a whack against Dan Stone from the player that he interfered with, and I think Dakota Bond 
uh, took offense to that and then just really went after the guy, knocked him down to the ice, and the ref called a roughing call. Dakota needs to recognize that, yes, he wants to stand up for his teammate and what he thinks was kind of an injustice, um, but unfortunately he put the team down five on three. Um, and let's be honest, five on three, you're either going to go into that triangle defense and you're going to kill the five on three, but five on threes aren't always two minutes long. If if I said that Dakota Bond had two or maybe three mistakes the whole season, I'd be okay with that. And this is one of those where he was sticking up for his teammate, but at the same time, you just got to think in the back of your head, right? You know, maybe I'll get him later, right? You know, even if you put yourself, the team down later on because you, you know, you retaliate, I hate that word, but you do something to kind of say, hey, I saw what you did to Dan Stone during the interference call. Don't do that again. And here you go. Uh, so I don't know, but again, emotions on ice is completely different than me sitting here in front of a microphone talking to you. So that's just the way it is. The black bears tied the game up at one with a booming shot from JT Walters from the blue line. And if you have to see this, I know there's replays out there. I'm sure the black bears will have or already probably have stuff out there. You got to see it. The captain, Tyson Kirkby, he was at the right-hand circle, kind of middle, but right almost on actually the painted portion of the circle, and he tips that in. And that was with 121 left to go in the first period. Uh, Obviously, G.T. Walters had the shot, so he had an assist, and then Jesse Anderson had the other assist as he fed G.T. Walters before that shot. And it was a booming shot by G.T. Walters. Really great to see. I want to see him do more of that if possible. Unlike the first period, the Black Bears scored with an Austin Thompson goal at the 539 mark of the second period, a beautiful goal as well. All, uh, the assists were Nikita Ivashkin and Tommy Ray. Uh, but not to be outdone, less than a minute later, I think it was like 56 seconds later, Thomas Ray, who assisted on the Thompson goal, scored to make it a 3-1 game in the Black Bears' favor. The assist on that was Dan Stone. Uh, with Colby Audette in the box for an interference call, the Black Bears sustained pressure until Gavin Yates scored the Black Bears' fourth goal. Assists on that goal were Austin Thompson and Tyson Kirkby. So you can see that Tommy Ray's got a couple assists uh, or a couple points here in this game. Uh, Austin Thompson as well. Uh, just 41 seconds later, I turn over the hat tricks. Corey Cunningham brought the game back to a two-goal game, just 6-23 into um, the third period, the Hattricks then pulled Liam Murray at the 17-18 mark of the third for the extra attacker, which led to a Tyson Kirkby unassisted goal. And then after pulling Murray again, Gavin Eads scored the Black Bears' sixth goal of the game, completing the 6-2 win. Okay, uh, neither the Kirkby or the Yates empty net goals had any assist on them. There were 4,547 fans in attendance with a few big groups in the barn. Uh, Windsor High School brought in 400 fans and the Vestal High School brought in 150 fans. But it was nice and uh, uh, the crowd was real loud and uh, the Black Bears gave them a great win. Uh, the Black Bears and the Hattricks both had a power play goal each in the game. Uh, Chase Harwell Coming off the bench incident. Now, this is where this gets a little crazy, okay? Uh, there was, in in the second period, Black Bears were in the offensive zone, and uh, Nick D. Nicola and Andrew Logar were going after each other a little bit, hacking at each other, 
and I'm going to say this right now, and you're, I'm going to say it again in just a little bit after we read through the suspensions. The FPHL could have stopped this before it even started. How? There was a referee watching the whole thing. He's sitting there watching the two of them go after each other. You, you can either call roughing on both, maybe cross-checking on Nicola, and then maybe roughing or something on Andrew Logar. You can give them both for unsportsmanlike conduct. Put them in the box. Guess what? They skate over to the box. Nothing happens. Nothing would have happened. But they didn't do that. And so what happened was is the play was stopped. They started moving out of the zone into the neutral zone, and it continued. They went after Logar again. This time, Chase Harwell comes out and goes after Logar or gets into the scrum. Uh, Bryce Farrell, who had just come onto the ice through the line change that the Black Bears had already completed, was completed. And he goes and fights Harwell. And obviously some suspensions have come out of it. Uh, We knew that Harwell was going to at least get six games for coming off the bench and that McCreary was going to get three. Unless something more is warranted, Farrell could get at least one game. Well, I put that in my notes here. And then just before coming live and recording this segment with you, the Federal Prospects Hockey League just announced it. Now, we'd seen that the the suspensions got a little bit different. We saw Farrell with one game, and then it went up to seven games, and uh, the Black Bears head coach, Brant Sherwood, was suspended for three. I asked for a comment from Brant Sherwood and Andreas Johansson, but I have not heard back from them at this point. If I talk to them before Thursday's uh broadcast, I will certainly bring it up. But either way, Binghamton forward Bryce Farrell has been suspended for seven games under the supplementary discipline as a result from his actions during FPHL game 154 in Binghamton, New York on Saturday, January 20th. Binghamton head coach Brant Sherwood has been suspended for three games under the new league directive. Uh, FPHL director of player safety Dave Jackson stated, Mr. Farrell dropped his gloves and started punching an unwilling opponent who did not want to fight. This is an aggressor, and for this action, Mr. Farrell will be suspended for one game. I'm okay there. I'm absolutely 100% okay there. Mr. Farrell came onto the ice on a line change and immediately dropped his gloves and began to punch in his opponent. He made no attempt to play hockey or get involved in the play. These actions fall under the same rule directive that Mr. Harwell from Danbury So Mr. Farrell is suspended for six games for leaving the bench for the purpose of starting an altercation in addition to one game for being the aggressor. The Binghamton Black Bears head coach, Brant Sherwood, will also be automatically suspended three games. And and, and that's that's what they're coming up with. And i got to be honest with you, I I don't believe, if I remember correctly, if I – and I'm on their website right now. There's no rule book. There's nothing for me to base this on. Oh, wait. So hold on. There is there is something under the rules. I'd, I'd have to look at this and go through this. Maybe I will before um, the game. But when they announced the whole coming off the bench, they didn't talk about anything like a line change not being completed by a face-off going off. Listen, the Black Bears had five players on the ice. The Danbury Hattricks had seven. So, hey, Dave Jackson, 
if you're listening to this, how about Sarge, if you're listening to this? Sarge, I think you listen to the show, and I think you know where I'm coming from. I've got years of experience, maybe not Dave Jackson experience, you know, being an official and everything. But why don't you explain the seventh man that was on the ice that I have pictures of that I put out there? How about you explain that to the fans? How about you explain these irrational, how about Tyler Jurich not being suspended for five games? What, he can't control the player at the end of that game and, you know, give physical abuse? Well, he can't control a player going off the ice. If you guys honestly think that, you, that a coach can sit there and grab a hold of a player and hold him back, yeah, he can do that maybe with one or two. We can't do that with all of them. Stop making this league into a joke. If your referee would have called two proper penalties against DiNicola and against Andrew Logar, this would not have happened. You're making your league into a joke. Just remember that. Just remember what I just said. You're making your league into a joke by ridiculousness. I understood and I supported some of the rule changes that came into place. But when you start making stuff up and you start doing stuff like this, it's not cool. It's not cool. And that's where I'm going to leave it. And if, and if the league hears this and they got a problem with me, fine. You know what? Why don't you send me an email? Info at, or you know what? I'll give you my other one. Bob at BinghamtonHockey.net. Send me an email. Tell me where I'm wrong. Tell me where my 20 years of covering hockey is wrong. You look like fools by doing this. And the fans all know it. The fans all know it. That's what you don't understand. The perception that you are creating is, is that um, with Tyler Jurich not being suspended, but all these other coaches are, oh, you have exceptions in there. Oh, when does the exception happen? Oh, when the team owns the friggin' league. Think about it. Tyler Jurich should be suspended for five games just so it doesn't look like there's going to be special stuff given to the Elmira uh, River Sharks. Because you don't understand perception. You know what? Here's another thing you don't understand. When you have Maddie B from your stupid podcast go out there and tell everyone, this is the truth. We're telling the truth here in your first episode. You want to alienate all the people that do podcasts that talk about your league. Think about that for a second. You don't know how to market your own league. That's the funny part about this. It's all tied in together. So whoever's controlling everything, whether it's Don Kernan, Dave Jackson, uh, Sarge, or whoever it might be, you guys just don't get it. You don't understand how to market this league, and you continue to make mistakes along the way. <sighs> I'm done. That's it. We're going to go, and we're going to listen to what Coach Brancher would thought of last night's game. Um, I don't have any comments from him as of yet. Uh, about the suspension. He probably can't talk about it anyways because you know how that is. So um, so coming up here right now, you're going to hear my interview with Brant Sherwood after the game against the Danbury Hitrix from last night. Hear his thoughts on uh, the things that have kind of gone around in the you know for the team over the past um, two weeks. So I'll be right back after the little bit with Brant Sherwood. Hi, this is Don Biggs from the 92-93 Binghamton Rangers. Hi, this is Brandon Bochinski. This is Grady Wittenberg, the voice of the Binghamton Senators, and you're listening to the Power Play Post Show. 
Here is another Power Play Post Show interview exclusive with Bob Howard. Coach, let's talk a little bit about the bounce backs that you guys seem to be able to do. You guys did it after losing two games to Danbury, then beating Motor City the way you did. Then the last two weekends, losing on Friday nights, coming back on Saturday nights. Talk about the resiliency of your team to be able to come back uh, and get those wins. Um, yeah, we have a ton of resiliency on this team, and we've overcame some obstacles uh, the past uh, couple weeks. But, um, you know, still not satisfied with how we start off the weekend. It's uh, It sucks that you need to remind the guys and have those tough talks with everyone um, the next day about what we need to do to succeed and kind of you get a little repetitive but um, when this group plays that way it's it's fun to watch for the fans it's it's fun for me on the bench and uh, the guys really seem to rally around each other. Earlier in the season it didn't seem like they were bringing the physicality to their opponents in the last couple weeks it seems like you've talked to them a little bit more about bringing the physicality especially to Danbury do you think that's been a key? Yeah, especially versus Danbury. So uh, they've been known as the kind of the bullies, the bad boys of the league, and uh, we just wanted to give them, you know, a little taste of their own medicine and kind of shove it in their face. I I feel like we are the tougher team. We we're more skilled. We have a better roster, but uh, we didn't have that uh, that kind of spicy element that uh, we needed against those guys, especially in Danbury. It's a little bit more hostile, but. Um, like that's that's how you got to play those guys like you can be a little bit lighter and a little bit more skilled in uh a possession style game but um not against Sandberg. who cannot play that way gavin yates the last couple games has had some pretty special uh goals for your team can you talk a little bit about his play because we don't i don't think we talk enough about gavin yates I, I don't think we do either, and um, Gavin Yates has been playing better defensively too. I, we had some issues uh, with just stopping, stopping on pucks and uh, not just swinging around because I think everyone like sees him out there, and it's pretty it's pretty noticeable the way he skates. He's, uh, in my opinion, the best skater in uh, the Fed. He can gain zones. Um, I wish we could have a stat count on how he gains zones from D zone to the O zone and uh he just weaves right around everyone. He can uh he can really carve up the ice and it's uh it's a pleasure having him and it's um he he really controls the play and uh a lot of a lot of plays stem from him just being able to gain the blue lines. Gotcha. I'm not going to mention what I saw in the locker room tonight when I came back to meet you, but can you talk a little bit about Nikita Ivashkin's play? Because you seem to have a, a nice moment with him, and you don't really have to go into that part of it. Can you talk a little bit about what Nikita's done recently? Well, it's just um, I kind of had we, I kind of had a, a calling out moment with every everyone this morning. We we kind of had a, an honest hour, and we had to. Uh, be clear with one another of what we expect uh, defensively and physically. And um, I was just ho- so happy to see Nikita buy into the that team-first mentality where, you know, we see him score a lot of goals and we see the offensive side. But, um, you know, sometimes that doesn't work uh, down the down the stretch. And we really, we really need that... Uh, buy-in from every single guy on the team there's there's a ton of guys that i trust out there um when we need a goal offensively but i need to be able to trust these guys uh defensively when there's five minutes left and we're we got our backs against the wall where 
I I don't think I had that trust with everyone. So that was that was kind of the conversation this morning that like you can only rely on a certain few guys to be out there, but they can't play all five minutes. Right, and, but you got that a little bit more from Nikita tonight because it seemed like he was probably a little bit more defensive minded and a little bit more physical too. I think more physical too. Like that that one hundred percent. The fact that he's going after uh, uh, Steve Brown just shows his like courage, craziness. And, yeah, exact craziness. <laughs> he's not going to back down from anyone, and we're uh, we're not scared. And um, I think uh, I think the boys really appreciated it. Every time he threw a hit on yeah. his D man when he was coming out to the point, uh, the boys really rallied around him. So it was awesome uh, to see everyone join in on it. Okay, so this is like a two-part question. Uh, what did you see in Bryce Farrell tonight? And also, what about the incident with uh, Chase Harwell? Oh, well, you know, new rules in place, so he can't leave the bench. So I think we're going to be seeing some suspensions. Um, I know, I know, like, that... They were going after Logar. It, it appeared it, to, to me in the... In the defensive zone, they were going after Logar, and then when they came out to the neutral zone, that's when it kind of started to get a little crazy. Yeah, I mean, they had seven guys versus our five on the ice, and I know I had to pull some guys back because they want to jump out and stick up for their teammates, and, you know, they... So the, rule, so the rule worked. You actually held some guys back. It was Bonner. He wanted he wanted to go, and I I had to pull him back. He actually threw off his gloves on the on the bench, and Tom and I had to restrain <laughs> him. And you know we got to think big picture and how we're going uh, moving forward. But as far as uh, Bryce Farrell goes, that was the kind of spark we needed. He threw big hits his uh, first couple shifts. He's uh, he's a little out of shape, not playing uh, for like basically the past year and he is puking on the bench <laughs> behind the scenes but still doing his job and uh keeping the team first and um the way he stuck up for the guys there and it it, it was awesome he's uh he's gonna guy gonna be a guy that uh sticks around here how many shifts did you give him tonight honestly he <laughs> Well, he had the early exit, so I think he I think he only got like six six seven uh, shifts around there, and uh, he he did a great job uh, with that limited ice time. He really did. Um, can you talk to me a little bit about why we did not see Jake Schultz? I'm sure if it's an injury, you can't see anything. But what happened? With oh, just an upper body injury on the the first shift. Uh, Harwell comes uh, chasing around the net, and Jake didn't see him coming, and. Very unfortunate. So uh, he's getting he's getting looked at right now, and uh, we'll have updates probably uh, later tonight or the next morning. But we can expect him to go on the IR for the couple weeks just as uh, precautionary measures. So this was the first game of the latter half of the season. All right, game twenty nine. Can you talk a little bit about what you're looking forward to in these last mm, twenty seven games now? Just that physical, hard hockey. We got to be playing playoff hockey um, this time of year, and just kind of building that uh, <clears throat> that style of play as we as we head into February, March, and just doing the right things and taking care of the blue lines, having a good net front presence, being physical down low, uh, and then being hard on the forecheck so we can create turnovers and stuff like that. So uh, playoff hockey, it's not it's not pretty. So sometimes we need, we need to make it a little ugly as uh, Black Bears, but, um, you know, we can play that skill style and perimeter and run up the score, 
But um, that's that's not going to be the teams we're facing in the North Division finals or semifinals or uh, in the in the championship if uh, we're lucky to make it there. But um, yeah, it's uh, I just want to see us progressing every day and not plateau. Awesome, Coach. Thank you very much. Yep. Thank you so much. you're a Binghamton hockey fan, then you need to check out BinghamtonHockey.net for all your news, stats, information, the Binghamton Hockey Hall of Fame, top 10 lists, profiles, and so much more. That's BinghamtonHockey.net. You're listening to the Power Play Post Show. And welcome back, everybody, to the Power Play Post Show. Let's take a look at the standings as they stand right now in America or in the uh, FBHL. Uh, we'll look at the Empire Division because that matters to uh, Binghamton fans. Now, Watertown and Elmira are playing right now as I'm recording this, uh, so their their standings will change um, at the end of tonight, and everything. We won't have that recorded into here. Uh, but Binghamton, right now, through 29 games that they've played, are 23 and six with 65 points. Uh, they have 137 goals uh, that they've scored, the most in the FPHL, and 83 goals against. Their uh, differential is 50, plus 54, which is pretty good. The Motor City Rockers are second in the Empire Division with 15 wins, 9 losses, and 4 uh, OT losses as well. They have 46 points, a 548 uh, points percentage. 107 goals for and 93. Uh, their goal differential is only plus 14. Danbury right now, through 30 games, they, they've played uh, the most games in the Empire Division so far. Uh, right now, they have 16 wins, 12 losses, and two overtime losses for 44 points, a just under 500 uh, points uh, percentage at four, uh, 49%. So 489, uh, 104 goals for 103, uh, 107 goals against. That's a minus three at this point. With the Watertown Wolves not including um, this game that is being played right now, um, which is I believe being played up in Watertown. Uh, so they're so they've played 27 games. They'll have played 28 at the end of tonight. Um, they have won nine games, 16 losses, and two overtime losses. The Elmira um, River Sharks, I almost said Mammoth, uh, have won nine games right now and 16 losses and no overtime losses. Now, if Elmira wins outright tonight, uh, they will have eight regulation wins, and so will the Watertown Wolves. Uh, so it'll be very interesting, very similar uh, numbers there. They have 25 points uh, to Watertown's 28 points, uh, 346 uh, point percentage for the Wolves, and a 333 points percentage for the Elmira River Sharks. That is the standings right now. Let's take a quick look at how the players did this past uh, weekend against the Danbury Hattricks. Uh, Jesse Anderson had two points, two assists on two of the goals that were scored. Nikita Ivashkin had three points, two goals, and one assist. It's good to see him get on the assist board. He does not have enough assists uh, for the Cal 
caliber of player that he is. Tyson Kirkby had two goals and one assist um, for three points. All that was in the Saturday night's game. Jake Schultz had one assist um, on the night. We'll talk about Jake Schultz just before I sign off here. And Connor Smith had two assists on the weekend. Would like to see him get on the score sheet with uh, with goals on a more consistent basis again. Uh, Dan Stone had one assist on the uh, on the weekend. Uh, Austin Thompson one goal, two assists uh, for three points. His one goal was beautiful goal. Jake uh, JT had obviously that great assist on the Tyson Kirkby tip in, and Thomas Ray had a beautiful goal in the game as well on Saturday night. And he also had an assist for two points. And Gavin Yates three goals on the weekend, three points. Uh, Gavin Yates, you know, sometimes, I mean, one of them was an empty netter, uh, but uh, uh, a good goal-producing weekend for him. Those were all the players that got on the score sheet. Um, and I think, well, you know, Connor McAnanima, let's talk about him a little bit. He did pretty well in the, the two games. I think that was his fourth or fifth game in a row that he's played for the Black Bears. He's definitely turned in to the number one goaltender for the team. Uh so, again, I'm not happy with the way the suspensions were handed down and the explanations, uh, but that's just the way it is. Hey, this is a talk show. I have an opinion, and I'm allowed uh, to to give it. Hey, listen, we got a great show coming up this upcoming week. Uh, well, in, in about four days, we will be talking with Thomas Ray from the Binghamton Black Bears. Really excited. He's got a great story, so we'll delve into that with Thomas Ray. We'll also talk about the upcoming games coming up this weekend, plus – the uh, Black Bears are doing their uh, first responders night on Saturday night, uh, the one game that they're home this upcoming weekend. So we'll talk a little bit about that as well. They have a pretty cool jersey um, that you'll be able to get in the auction after the game. Uh, the Power Play Post shows on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Just search Power Play Post Show on whichever platform you listen to your podcast and subscribe. Uh, please join the Power Play Post Show Facebook group. Just go to Facebook and search for the Power Play Post Show. Check out BinghamtonHockey.net for all of your Binghamton hockey information and curiosity. Thank you to Rob Lapolis, our MC, John Petitucci, our musical director, and thank you to Coach Sherwood for taking some time with us after Saturday's game. And uh, obviously, we'll also talk a little bit more on Wednesday or on Thursday about the fact that Coach Sherwood will not be available for the next three games. Bryce Farrell will not. And we'll also talk about the roster position. The Black Bears have just lost a roster position for the next seven games. So instead of being able to dress 18, they will have to dress 17 players. So that's another thing to consider here. It's one of the things I didn't bring up and everything. That's the rules. I'm okay with that rule, um, but it is something that if you are going to make the type of you have to think really hard about some of the choices that you make. And yeah, if, if you can show me in the rule book where it says uh, that, listen, they had five players on the ice to seven. Explain to me the seventh player for the Danbury Hattricks. I've got pictures of it. It's up, so on and so forth. I don't want to go into it anymore. We'll talk more on Thursday for Thursday's show along uh, with an interview with Thomas Ray. So thank you very much for listening to the Power Play Post Show. I'm Bob Howard, and this is the Power Play Post Show.
Thanks for listening to this edition of the Power Play Post Show. Be sure to tune in next week to the Box Studios Radio Network for all the latest Black Bears news and interviews from around minor league hockey. The Power Play Post Show would like to thank John Patitucci for all the music you hear on the show. You've been listening to the Power Play.